tomorrow is an old elk tasting at Malloy's. When? Two to four. So you're going to go to an old elk tasting, then you're going to come here and record two shows. Dude. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you on the draw, Mikey? Something that you want to do Well, let me introduce you To my boys, Matt and Drew For fun and laughs and spirits There's just one place to go It's time for the Whiskey Tequila Friday Show Whiskey Tequila Friday Show With my boys, Matt and Drew Happy Friday, Drew. Happy Friday, Matt. And happy Friday to everybody out there, and welcome to a dry episode of Whiskey Tequila Fridays, our podcast where we drink some whiskey, we drink some tequila, we educate, and we libate. All right. My name is Matt. I am the uncertified whiskey hunter, and with me, as always, my hooch homie, Drew. (laughs) How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, and by the way, I guess Happy New Year, right? Happy New Year! Yeah, we're are you are you a curved fan? Curb your enthusiasm. Yes. Yeah. Is it two? We only had three days, and this is definitely beyond going to yeah, be released yeah. beyond three days. So. Yeah. I, Happy New Year! I I also fall into the <laughs> category of if it's the first time you've seen that person. Yeah. That three day has a extension. You can okay. go out a little bit further. You yeah. Know, two weeks, a month. I'm not saying it in March. Fair That's, enough. Yeah, right. But that would be weird. <laughs> Just a little weird. Yeah. I think if you're still in January, fair game. Yeah. January is good. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's, happy New Year. Yeah. Happy New Year. Yeah. Let's reel it in. <laughs> Already. I'm going to mention my bottle. I brought Cedar Ridge American Single Malt Whiskey. Drew, what did Ooh. you bring? And I have the Excelia Blanco. All right. So, sorry if you can't get either one of these <laughs> bottles. They are out there. It's just, you know, they're unique bottles. The listener has to understand that we aren't going to the grocery store <laughs> to buy these bottles. <laughs> Sometimes it's a liquor store. Sometimes it's a specialty liquor store. Sometimes it's the distillery. Yes. Sorry right. if this isn't at your local Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> Is that still a store? I don't even know. Uh, I think so. Sure. Okay. Sure. Down south. Yeah, sure. Okay. All I'll right. go with it. Tell me about your bottle. All right. So this is fairly special to me because it is one of the many bottles that I have purchased from the ABV Barrel Shop. I've heard of this. All right. So you're so going to yeah. have to remind me. Yeah. You've, you've heard me talk about this probably in, in ad nauseum. This is in Arnold, Missouri. Gotcha. Nobody knows where Arnold is. But it's a <laughs> suburb. It's a southern suburb of St. Louis. Okay. It's enough of a distance away that if you're from St. Louis, you wouldn't call Arnold St. Louis. But if you were talking to somebody up here in Chicago and someone said, hey, where are you from or where did you go to high school? You would just say St. Louis. Louis. Gotcha. Yeah, of course. Okay. Okay. So shout out to a wonderful guy, the Colonel, 
Steve Akeley. Yeah, he's a Kentucky Colonel. Oh, nice. So Steve Akeley is kind of the founder of the ABV network. Okay. He has really amassed this dynasty, this conglomerate of podcasts, blogs, media, websites. He's a video, he's a kind of a videographer. So he does like video documentaries. He's done things like convincing. Uh, the Bourbon Hall of Fame to induct certain inductees into the Bourbon Hall of Fame. Like his videos have really made movements. And I think you've sent me tons of things by him. Oh, yeah. Things he's written or videos or yeah, podcasts, whatever. Yeah, yeah. he's known as the Bourbon Sasquatch. Okay. We are often sipping out of my ABV glasses yes. that I bought. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So his barrel shop, his bottle shop is unique. They only sell the single barrels that him and his partner, Jim Fosnot, have gone and selected and picked those barrels. It's great. Love it. All right, so tell me about this bottle then. All right, so Cedar Ridge Mm -hmm. is a distillery in Iowa that they selected this American single malt for their store. The great thing about Cedar Ridge is that if you're in Iowa, you know Cedar Ridge, and I'll tell you why. Because it's there. <laughs> well, because it's there. Okay. But there's more. If you were to look at, if you were to Google, what is the most sold 750 milliliter bottle of alcohol in the state of Iowa, it would be Cedar Ridge. For two years in a row now, they have outsold the big boys. I'm talking what? I'm talking Jim Beam. I'm talking Jack Daniels. All those bottles that are on the shelf everywhere, every store, every grocery store, every yeah. gas station. Right. And they're outselling they are in outsell- Iowa. In the state of Iowa, Cedar Ridge outsells the big boys. That's amazing. It's amazing I'm, what they've done. How can they put out enough volume to even compete? So I believe that Cedar Ridge had a winery first and then started to distill. And okay. they made one or two expressions. They started off, you know, with something simple and then gradually were able to expand and expand into this single malt, which they call the quintessential. So the quintessential is their core American single malt whiskey. Okay. However, for this single the single barrel. It's slightly higher in proof. The the normal standard core American single malt or ASM is ninety-two proof. Okay. All right. This one comes in at a whopping one eighteen point three. Ooh. This one is stout and it is using their wine casks after it's aged for a while. Then it's moved over into these Red wine casks, which oh, conveniently okay. it's their own, sure. their own cask because they have a winery, right? Yeah. The color is great. It, it is a you, deep color. Y- yeah. If you knew that it was aged in red wine, you can kind of then see that little rose. Sure. Uh, both of our glasses here, well, you'll you'll mention we had to kind of look closely at the color here because there's some subtleties in these colors, right? Right. I've gabbed enough. Shall I we? agree. Yeah. <laughs> Shall we taste? If we're comparing back to that Yellowstone American single malt, yep. that one had a real strong, like yeasty, bready, right? Agreed. This one, it's there, but it's very subtle because the wine, I think, really imparts the fruit, but also yep. kind of a drying tannic note, right? Right. 
it is like a sweet, I don't want to say sweet bread, not like, not like organ meats. I mean like a truly a sweet bread. Yeah. But even a little bit of what the empty wine glass might smell sure. like. Right? Sure. You said 118 proof. It is, it is not hot it, on the nose it at does all. Not, it does not smell hot, but you and I have already tasted this, so we know you what's know, coming. I know. I had to change. <laughs> I had to take off my pants and put on shorts. My ears are all red. It's hot. This thing is hot. But it doesn't smell hot. Oh, I, love, I love bringing a whiskey that makes you take off your pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you ready? Mm. Cheers. Cheers. First sip, what'd you think? I think it's incredibly drying. It is. But still very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a really nice... American single malt note that I would equate more to like a like a cookie or a scone as opposed to like a yeasty, bready, or uncooked dough that sure. the other single malt sometimes give me, right? There is a little yeast note, but then the red wine, those red tannic notes come in. I get a little bit of like uh, stewed fruit, maybe a touch of like the raisin and prune, but just a lot of really nice red fruit notes. What did you get? I don't know what it is about American single malt. No report card. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. And I'm, I'm really enjoying that part. Like this, I'm finally enjoying barley. Okay. Bready, but not to the point like the Yellowstone was like... Not doughy. It was bready. like doughy roll. Yeah. This one, sure, I'll give you, I'll give you like shortbread cookie. And I'm not picking up anything. I was going to call it kind of nondescript wine fruit. Okay. Whether that's grapes or strawberries or whatever, it's just red fruit. Whether it's because you said it or because I'm really tasting <laughs> it, it it tastes it has a good wine flavor. Yeah, but we had to wait a long time before speaking because the finish is long. It is long. It tastes it's a hot. lot hotter this thing is hot. than it noses. <laughs> yeah, it, I don't know even how that's possible for for us to bury our noses in yeah. these Glencairns, and it's nothing. Right. Not the get punched. The moment it hits your lips, <laughs> so good on the lips. It it tells you it exactly you know what how it, hot yeah. it is. Oh, one more sip? sip. Yeah. So for me, that second sip, I got to be honest, I got more out of it because the first sip, full transparency, it kind of went down the wrong <laughs> pipe. I was choking and burning there a little bit, right. but that second sip. I was able to really get that, like you, again, did you put it in my head or did I taste it? Strawberries. I got a really nice strawberry. And what came to my mind was if you took like uh, some fresh homemade strawberry preserves or strawberry jam Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then put it in a crock pot so that it was like 200 degrees, like a hot like, strawberry jelly. Yeah. That's what it that's what it tasted like. It was like warm strawberry jam. Okay. Like it was really nice. Plenty of alcohol, but not astringent at all. Definitely drying. Okay, definitely drying and a little tannic, but not off-putting at all. So I got what I thought I was picking up more and more strawberry. Okay. It was a brighter strawberry note but mixed in with the dark spices, the cinnamons oh, and allspice. And right. Okay. I think when we first tasted it, I mentioned cardamom, and I don't know if that's right or not. 
Sure. I'm going to have to go check. Not a spice that I use a ton of myself, <laughs> but that that's what it reminds me of is kind yeah. of like a really sweet fruit in a more savory spiced okay. bread. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I'll be honest, when I first cracked this bottle, I wasn't as impressed. Ooh. It really just came yeah. off. I thought it was too hot, to okay. be honest. And I rarely say that. Right. I've kind of gotten used to some high proof stuff in my when cabinet. When did you get this? When? Yeah. I believe it was a summer purchase. So this like, summer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. So not like before you went down your high proof journey. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. I'd been drinking some hot stuff before right. this. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I first cracked it, I just thought it was really, really a hot punch. With not a lot, I wanted more of the wine to be honest. Okay, but now that it's about halfway down, I'm really getting those wine notes, yeah. and it's yeah. really nice. It's around eighty bucks, I believe, at the at the shop. And since this is a single barrel, you've got one single barrel expression here, and yeah. whatever anybody finds later isn't going to be this exact one, right? Sure, of course, but it's going to be this style. Yes. Yeah, and their core, their core line, again, the 92 proof one, is going to be on the shelf in stores, you know. So I'm sure there are other single barrels out there, but the regular core should be a, it's one of their mainstays. It's one of their regular releases. And that one's finished in red wine as well? Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. Same thing, just a lower proof. So we've just got a little single barrel version of what you can find. That's right. At the... Piggly Wiggly. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And I keep I keep suggesting that we could add water, but you you seem to just have this like purist attitude about Look, man. Treating it the if way it I was came supposed out of, to add water to this, they would have done it would. before it got to me. <laughs> Don't you think that's it. insulting? <laughs> like, like when you go to a restaurant and right. you have the chef Put some steak sauce on the... <laughs> right. Can I have some A1 with that? I mean, the chef would be like, what? You know. Yeah. Get out. Look, if you want to put water in it, you can. Yeah. I might. I might. I got I'm, one not gonna, more, I'm not toying with it. Got one more sip. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add a couple drops. All right. You do you. What we need is a little pipette. Wouldn't that make things a little easier around here? Probably. But then that's one more thing I have to <laughs> carry over here. <laughs> one more thing I have to explain to my wife. What's that? Yeah. What's that little glass? What, a, <laughs> what are, you, <laughs> are you on the horse? <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> All right. All right. You can put in a little water. I did not. Third yeah. sip. Third sip. Cheers. Third sip, I think I got even more down that road of bright red fruit with savory spices. Okay. I'm going to leave it there. All right. Yeah. And for me, I I believe that the water really opened it up. I got much more kind of a creamy mouthfeel with those red wine notes, red fruit notes, and just a little bit of butterscotch to go along with it, which strawberries and butterscotch, you wouldn't think... Would go, but tonight... Why not? I'm in. Why not? <laughs> Is caramel dip and strawberries a thing? 
Could I, be. Yeah. Why I, not? Who knows? Yeah. I'd eat that. It's it's not the worst thing I've ever heard of. Right. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm kind of amazed at how, like, seriously, we can bury our noses into these glasses. Yeah. And not get completely blown away by like yeah there's you know the, I've, by the heat yeah and and i've it, got a i've got a few bottles on my shelf that if you pour them and even get your nose near the glass right it's gonna let you know what the proof is it's very interesting oh uh, let's move on to the tequila here what do we let's got Let's move on to the tequila this is the excelia blanco and you know what uh we were just thinking about earlier all these tequilas that we have all of our favorite brands this is the first one that I think we've covered. Now Blanco, yeah, Repo, and Añejo. The entire line. How is that? <laughs> How is it that Excelia won that race? <laughs> I think because when you discovered this, I think it really opened up your world. Like I think, I think you went from a, a, what tequila is expected to be right to what tequila can be yes you know like yes i think excelia grabbed your hand and said let's go for a walk and you <laughs> like it took you to this world <laughs> like you're like oh like you know fair enough i'll <laughs> i'll i'll take it uh, yeah <laughs> i think when i discovered the reposado it's because it was on the bar at a local place here in, in town sure. yeah i didn't know what it was so you know i geeked out i got on the Tequila matchmaker It's app. attractive enough with the, the sure. kind of the flower and the... Yeah. yeah. No, it's a gorgeous bottle. Yeah. And it was like, oh, it's used to be made at 1139. You know, one of our favorite distilleries. Mm. Why wouldn't we... Why wouldn't I try this? <laughs> right. And sure enough, it was amazing. And you didn't even know it at the time about I had, the secondary aging. I had no idea. And this is where these two bottles are going to match up really, really nice. Now, we have geeked out about Excelia we plenty have. of times. Two other episodes, to be exact. Yes. Do we need a third geek out? <laughs> I but, don't know. Are we going to get one? But if you are into finished spirits, this is another this great is show great, for you. This yeah. is a great one to do. So this is Carlos Camarena. Like we said, Nome 1139, La Atena, home of Tapatio, home of El Tesoro, mm. Villa Lobos, and used to be the home of this Excelia bottle. You can still find it on a shelf here and there, made at 1139. It's not impossible. Right. And I'm not sure when it stopped being made there. It was a handful of years ago, but the bottles are still out there. It's amazing how that you can still run into... Like some stores might have just the repo or yeah. just the blanco. It won't you won't find all three on the shelf. Not most very likely. often anymore. But, but just it's crazy how yeah. you can still find these out there. Yeah, late this summer there was a repo in one store that I picked up, and then in Añejo two weeks later at another store that I picked yeah. up. They're yeah. out there. So this is Carlos Camarena. We know all about him, right? We've <laughs> geeked out a million times, and then a collaboration. And I'm going to butcher the French name. Okay. Even worse than I typically butcher a Spanish name. Jean-Sebastien Robiquet. Okay. I'm going to think. Founder of Maison Villever. Yeah. You've heard of him? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've dabbled in the cognac world, so Ooh, I, I know. All right. Yeah. So you know all about this. Well, so, I wouldn't say that. Uh, <laughs> well, you, you tell me. Don't quiz me. No. All right. So just like the Repo and the Añejo... They're making the tequila and then finishing it 
in a mix of Sauternes wine casks and cognac barrels. You may be saying, wait, this is a Blanco. How are you aging it in a barrel? Well, you've got a, some time that you can age a Blanco and it's still a Blanco. Yeah, that's great. The, just just get it in there. Right? So the, the Excelio website says it's rested a few weeks. <laughs> So I, what is that? Is that two? Is that three? Maybe it's not right. the same amount of time in each barrel. That's I don't know. Kind of what we both assumed that, yeah. that if if one is two weeks and the other one's three, then they don't round up or round down. They just say few to just say a few to fix and it. You know what? What what could go wrong in that case? <laughs> right? <laughs> what could go wrong? It's it's nondescript. You're fine. So again, this is the Highlands, right? Los Altos. Uh, wood fermentation tanks. Okay. So already getting a little wood influence. Copper pot, roller mill, stone brick ovens, and then, of course, this secondary aging in the sauternes and the cognac. I think what we discovered with the other expressions is that they were aging half in one barrel and half in the other and then blending and them. And then blending it, yeah. And I, I'm going to assume that that's how this goes, and it spends a couple of weeks... Interestingly, when you hold this up against a pure white background, there's the yeah. slightest you little can get tinge just of a color. Tiny bit, right? If you were just walking by it at the store, I don't think you would notice. You wouldn't. You wouldn't notice. No. But again, maybe if you had again a white background and poured another regular blanco sure. next to it, it might give you more of a contrast. Yep. You could see where that ever so slight tint is there. Right. So this was made at 1139. It moves to 1110. I've never actually seen a bottle that was produced at 1110. Right. Then again, I mean, when I see one that's produced at 1139, I buy it. So it's like, you know, I don't keep digging, I guess. Right. They could be in other states and maybe it's not in Illinois. We don't know. No idea. I say we get into this. Yeah. We've already mentioned... That slight little tint. Just a tiny, tiny hint. And it dances yeah. in the glass a little bit. Look how thin the legs on the edge. You know how sometimes you get a real thick leg that drips down? Look at this one. It's like these tiny little riblets. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's interesting, but it sure does stick to that glass, doesn't it? It does. It does. And it, the nose, you mm. don't even have to get near it. Like I can get some fruit mm-hmm. and... Citrus... Flowery, uh, enough of that eleven thirty nine minerality okay. that I love. Yep. I was saying earlier that this really has a good Villa Lobos DNA, like a like oh, a backbone sure, of sure, that. Because sure. that's that's a regular on my shelf. My first thought is that mm-hmm. that Villa Lobos. You get even a little. I mean, this is eighty proof, not a high proof, but you get a little alcohol on the nose, a little grassiness a little on the nose. Yeah, yeah, little. A little grassy yeah. vegetal. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Yes. Salud. Salud. First sip, what'd you get? That was incredible. When you think about only being in those barrels for less than 30 days. Well, we know it's only a few weeks. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But what's amazing is that they can capture so much from those barrels in just a short amount of time. In a couple of weeks. Yeah. So quote unquote a few right. weeks. Yeah. So so that 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 first hit was a really nice uh citrus sweetness, mm-hmm. then a good cooked agave note, 
followed right up by that. I always call that that dank sauterne. You okay. know, it's kind of sweet. It's kind of sour. But then before you can really even analyze that, kicks in the spice note from the cognac. And then it fades off into that finish where it's just more of that, you know, a little citrus sweetness. But it still has a very drying kind of effect. Yeah, I agree. And do you think that even the wood fermentation helps impart some of that? I get a tiny. Wood? I get a tiny bit of oak. Is got, that just in my head, or no? I, I got a little tiny a, bit of oak. I think in a previous episode, just recently, I even said it was almost like when you exhale. Yeah, that's when the oak kind of. You're like, wait, as I'm breathing out, I'm I'm tasting oak. Right. It's not prominent. No, no. It's all subtle, but wonderfully complex. Yeah. I love what you said about trying the Cedar Ridge and not really liking it at first. Right. And when I tried this Blanco, I didn't really like it at first because I was thinking, wait, where's the G4 flavor? Where's the Fortaleza flavor? Where's my El Tesoro Blanco flavor? And even though those have three wildly different taste profiles... I was like, where is my Blanco? Yeah, sure. Yeah, you're you an know. agave nerd. Yeah. And this is not an agave blast. Right. So, yeah. Right. And it, it was, at first, it was off-putting. Now, revisiting it later, I'm a big fan. I, <laughs> I do not have a second <laughs> bottle of this hanging around, and I wish I did. Yeah, right. I would call this delicate, but also on the savory side. Mm-hmm. Would you call it sweet? I don't know if I'd call it sweet. I, I would it, not. No, I wouldn't call it sweet at all. I'm not getting a sweetness from this. I'm getting even, I think I was going to mention on that very like late palate, mid to late finish, it kind of popped back up. Kind of that deep plum cognac flavor. Yeah, there's a little bit of the, the raisin and, and plums. Right. But that always sticks out to me when I'm Tasting something with cognac just because I'm sure that's the flavor that yeah. cognac gives me. Right. No, with yeah. the two cognacs that I've tried. No. That's yeah. Same same here. Yeah. Same here. I just love that that rich raisin and plum kind right. of flavor. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Well, let's see what happens on the second it time. Here, yeah. Okay, second sip, more of the same. I felt like it was a bigger agave pop in the beginning. That's what I was going to say, too. A yeah. little bit of a peppery burn on this one. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Are we getting a little palate fatigue here I, after burning yeah, us out with 118? <laughs> Perhaps. Perhaps. But I also think that the the agave did come out more. Yeah. And I thought I got a little more minerality, too. Okay. And I thought I got more wood. Okay. But still both drying. Yeah. You know? Yep. It, it leaves my mouth kind of wanting to take another sip. Well... <laughs> While we're here, <laughs> salute. Salute. Third sip is the wood turning to leather. You know, for me, I did get a little bit of, of oak. Okay. I don't know if I got leather. I got more white wine notes. Ooh. So more of the sauternes came is out. Is it making you emotional? <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I think it moved. Like it, <laughs> It was really, this is amazing. Yeah. It's really impressive how they can create something, again, in such a small amount of time. One thing I wanted to ask is, 
we know everything else out of 1139 is confirmed additive free. What's the deal with this one? Not confirmed additive free. Right. And I wonder if it left 1139 before that was even a program. Or before it got to 1139. Or before it got to 1139. Because we know know that El Pandillo and Fortaleza were the, the first ones. Were the first ones. Yeah. Right. Is it possible to... White wine barrels may have some glycerin or something rolled in the barrel. Like, is it possible that... Right. It's enough something to, to, in the barrel from to, the wine and cognac side? Yeah, to taint the subject enough or to taint the test enough that they won't. Who knows? Yeah, I, I don't know. I have no idea. And it's not listed that way at 1110 either, and it's not even listed active at 1110 anymore. Right. I'm not sure that this is even being made, yet it shows up. It's not going to show up at your grocery store. Right. But when you're going to a good liquor store... You're going to find it once in a while. And I think I should point out, the panel is not often fooled. Yeah. Maybe the community score could be, but the panel isn't. And the panel scores on this are 86 on the Blanco, (laughs) 87 on the Repo, 84 on Añejo. So if they had any indication, it wouldn't be that high. No. Right. Whether or not it's confirmed, it doesn't matter. You know, one thing that we've talked about a couple of times late last year that I keep cutting because our episodes were running long, <laughs> right? are some of the changes in the confirmed additive-free program and, and what the CRT did. Do you think we have time to talk about yeah, that sure. now? Let's, yeah, let's talk about it. So we all know about confirmed additive-free. I know we were calling it certified for a while, but it was actually confirmed <laughs> right. additive-free. Right. That little check mark. So we've heard Grover and Scarlett Sanchagrin, the creators of the tequila matchmaker app, tastetequila.com, really who started this confirmed additive-free seal testing and process. We've heard them discuss before that they had this idea because at least north of the border, right, in the (laughs) United States, what, you know, additives are important. Yes. It doesn't seem to be that important in Mexico. Important, yeah, that's a good, important clarification. Yeah. Right. Just wasn't something that's on the the typical, you know, Mexican radar. But very important to Americans, so they wanted to create this. And what their friends and advisors were telling them were, yeah, you could do this because you're kind of in with the makers, right? You, You could get some access. However, if you don't get one of the big brands... Is it going to take off? Hmm. Grover and Scarlett talk about this and the Agave Social Club. That Patron, I think, did them a solid and said, yeah, sure. You want to see what we do? Come on over. And it was confirmed additive-free for a number of years. Right. Fast forward to the end of 22, early 2023, Patron drops off the confirmed additive-free list. Right. But you and I would still drink a glass of that. And not hesitate. No. Because. Yeah. There was a lot of speculation. I think there was another Agave Social Club where they said, hey, we we went through the process like we normally do. And we got to a certain step and they said, no, you're not going any further. Right. And was that the point when Bacardi acquired it? Or if not when they acquired it, was that the point where maybe they made some legal decisions? Not necessarily changes on the actual 
you know, manufacturing line, but just legal decisions to say, we're not going to do that. We're not going to open the books anymore. You know, so Bacardi bought Patron in like 2017, 2018. Like, I think it was before this thing even existed. Was there a huge corporate change in attitudes? Yeah. Possibly. I mean. Now, but there wasn't a lot of fanfare. So there were all these rumors. Well, they didn't renew additive free. So what does that tell you? They're making changes and it's going to become crap. Other people said, well, there was a huge fight over one of the bottles we've had on the show that that sherry cask. And Yeho was never confirmed additive free. Okay. And somebody said, oh, well, you know, people got their, you know, I was going to say panties in a bundle, but let's not. That's what what came to my head. Right. Why not say it? That's what came to my head. Uh, You know. (laughs) Because we're going to get canceled. Panties in a bunch. Panties in a bunch. Right. Did somebody get butt hurt? <laughs> Is that better? I don't think that's better. <laughs> All right, take three. All right. Somebody at Patron got upset because they wouldn't certify the Añejo Sherry cask as yeah. additive free and that somehow then that caused a rift. So these are all these stories that right. were running around. I don't think anybody really knew at the time what was going on. Let's back up just a little bit. March then of 2023, there was a story that I saw, and was it written by Sean Miller? Or was it, did he just report on it? I I wasn't sure how it came out. I thought he was just sharing it. I don't remember, but I mean, he he was sharing like documents from the CRT in March of 2023 that said, Hey, the CRT now has this certified additive free, whatever they were calling it in Spanish. And it turns out that they had trademarked this phrase in January of 22, right? Like 14, 15 months earlier. Okay. So now Patron has dropped off the list. Nobody really knows why. I didn't hear anything else about it until all of a sudden, out of nowhere, early October of 23, here's this press release from Patron and the CRT that says the CRT has named Patron its very first confirmed additive-free brand. Right. Which seemed at the time like a bit of a bombshell. Now, I don't know all the inner workings of the CRT, but apparently like the dues you pay to the CRT is based on the number of... Yeah. Based on your production. Right. So, of course, Patron putting out a million cases plus a year is going to pay a lot to the CRT. A a slight advantage from a revenue percentage standpoint. Right? Yes. And then some of these brands that say, hey, we make in a year what Patron makes in a day. Well, would it stand to reason they're paying one 365th of what Patron does? Like, I I don't exactly know what the formula is, but it's somehow based on production. Is that tied into it? I don't know. Tequila Matchmaker, Taste Tequila, very quick then to change their confirmed additive-free program name to the Additive-Free Alliance to better align with what it really is. And was that connected? Like, was that a, I was think that that a was, response? I feel like that was a direct response. And okay. then since October, I have seen zero traction on this thing. Like, right. I have no idea... I haven't heard the CRT announce another brand. Right. 
So it's just kind of up in the air. However it works out, the cool thing is that these two people, a couple from Canada, <laughs> spend some time in Mexico, fall in love with agave, decide to move there, yeah, and start digging into it and exploring it and geeking out on it, and they create this program. Remember when we first started recording this and there were like eight brands, maybe yeah. 12? yeah. It, and now there's a hundred, a hundred. The list, the list was, it fit on one of my phone screens. Right. I didn't have to scroll and scroll right. and scroll. Right. It was all right there. Yeah. And now it has moved the needle so much that not only did hundreds of companies allow this third party to come in behind the curtain. Right. And see everything. Approach from, them and say, yeah. hey, we want in on this. And this is invasive. This is purchase receipts. This is recipes, yeah. right? And I'm sure that, you know, we know that they're sign signing NDAs, but still, like, this is your trade secret and you're right. letting strangers look at it. Yeah. And they moved the needle enough that now the CRT said, uh, you know what? We're not going to let outsiders control this. It's got enough of a groundswell. We're going to have to respond. Yeah. I think that's impressive. I'm here for it. I'm here. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm right. excited to see what happens and I'm, I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm curious to see how transparent the CRT will be with their methods. Well, yeah. Right. Right. Cause we've, we've sat in on one of the classes, right? The Great Lakes Tequila Club. Yeah. Shout out to Mike. Yeah. <laughs> we sat in on a class that, that was hosted and Grover and Scarlett were here in Chicago and kind of the behind the scenes right. look at, at, right. Hey, let's take a look at the laws. Let's take a look at the normas. Look at how they can sneak in additives. Look at what's allowed. You know, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Very transparent look at what's going on. And I wonder if the CRT will up their transparency or if they'll just say, hey, sorry, we're calling it confirmed additive free <laughs> because we can. I have right. no idea. Right. Uh, yeah. It's 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 all very interesting. And yeah. we we will never really know <laughs> what... The, the CRT is going to be willing to, to share with us. But, right. but I'm, I'm all in to see how things develop. I think it is cool. This, this was truly a grassroots movement. Yeah. And it, it has moved the needle significantly to get, yeah. you know, a behemoth. They, they should be proud. Yeah. Yeah, Crover and Scarlet should yeah. be proud. And it's, it'll be interesting to see how it develops. But, I mean, how long are we going to talk about that? Yeah, no, let's, let's reel it in. What were we here to do? I I think we uh, I think we need to re, um, refill, oh re, yeah, reload, and and then quick step. Hey, this is Sean Miller from the Package Group. We import agave spirits like Tequila G Four, and you are listening to the Whiskey Tequila Fridays podcast. All right, so we are all poured up, and and then some. <laughs> can can I tell them what you did? Yeah, you could. <laughs> so I reloaded the Excelia just a little bit into my Riedel tequila glass. Yeah. You reloaded the Excelia just a little bit into your Riedel. Yeah. And then for some reason, sitting next to your Riedel <laughs> is an empty Riedel, which you decided to fill thought, as well. I, I thought that was yours. <laughs> so I, I thought you slid it right by mine. So I'm like, okay, pour two. Because there was yeah. two whiskey glasses i'm like okay i poured two whiskey and then i poured two tequila right. and then there was already a tequila. so now sitting in our riedel tequila is what some of our friends locally here know as a novak <laughs> a pour, novak pour. 
We don't need to geek out about that. Just <sighs> shout out to John yeah. Novak. We are uh, sipping in your honor here, sir. <laughs> so if you are new to the show, quick sip is when we take a sip of the whiskey. We do not rinse. We do not wait. We do not... What? You have the whole thing down. I know. Like, I usually... I You just took it, though. Go ahead. Keep going. See, you should do you, it. You, oh, you it should do it. You should do it. All right. Scratch that. I'm keeping it in there. <laughs> I like I like how you just took it, but you couldn't finish it. I couldn't. No. Keep, try it again. Okay. So for those that might be new to the show, this is our contribution to the spirits world. This is the quick sip where we take a small sip of... No high porn? I'm just going to be all over you now. Dude! <laughs> I'm out! I'm leaving! All right. You want to try again? Nope. Oh, no, I kind of want you to. <laughs> I'm just being a dick. I want you to do it. I want I'm, you to do I'm it. Out, I want man. you to do it this time. I'm out. Take it away. All right, so if you've been here before or if this is your first time... This is our little contribution to the spirits world. We call it the Quick Sips. <laughs> the Quick Sip is when we take a sip of the whiskey, give it a nose, give it its time, let it finish, but then we don't wait, we don't rest, we don't cleanse our palate, we go straight into the tequila. And just like if you're matching wine and cheese or, or different kinds of food, we want to see what does the whiskey bring out in the tequila, and then we'll go the other way with it on the next round. What's our little secret going to be on this one? Well, yeah, we're definitely going to have to account for the proof because we are going from a 118 down to an 80. This might be one of the biggest jumps that we've had. This is definitely a big jump. So our little mathematical formula is volume. Times proof in your yeah. mouth <laughs> equals <laughs> relative heat. heat. So we're going to take a smaller sip of the whiskey, a bigger sip of the tequila, and in that way try to have that proof times volume. Yeah, so maybe maybe I out. knew that, and that's why I poured the extra. <laughs> the extra. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. Cheers. Cheers. Remind us what we have. Yeah, so this is the Cedar Ridge Quintessential Single Barrel 118.3 Proof. All right, great. And I've got the Excelia Blanco Tequila from 1139. What did you get? Because for me, that single malt changed. Okay. For me, I didn't notice anything too different, but I took a really small sip. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe too small. But I will tell you something. When I got into the Blanco, yeah. I got a mint note. I got some really nice, like, true, like, what I know and love about the 1139 Blancos. Like, it was all of the finished aspects yeah. kind of weighed until the finish on my palate. When I first tasted that tequila, it was... All of the mint and the mineral and the agave that okay. I was that I was missing when we were sipping on it by itself. Oh, okay. So it brought out the true agave blanco nature of it. Then 
I would say the the sauternes kind of died, and I got really nice cognac notes on into the finish. So again, the raisins, the prunes, all the figs and stuff like that, but not too much of the white wine notes. Interesting. How about you? What did you get on so that? What really stood out to me is when I sipped the single barrel again, right? The well, single malt, single barrel. Yeah. Doughier. Oh. So it 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 stopped being the shortbread flavor and more of a doughy roll oh, type okay. flavor. And I thought that was interesting. And I maybe lingered on it for a little bit too long, thinking about is this gonna change? Is this gonna change? Kind of deadened out the strawberries that I was getting before. Right. But right. that's okay. I, I liked what it did. Into the tequila, I thought it kicked up the agave for me. Yes. I thought it really kicked up the agave. I thought that it kicked up the oak. Oh. I don't know that I took a super tiny sip. It was definitely a little bit smaller sip of the whiskey than I would normally do. But it was still enough that it kicked up some of the oak. Yeah. And I, I did not get any of the white wine. I did not get a lot of deep plum. It was just kind of a nondescript kind of wine-like okay. flavor at the end. Yeah, sure. So right. I almost want to do it again your way, but I, I don't know that we need to record <laughs> that because we are sipping we are <laughs> sipping on proof and we do have this large pour here yeah. in our glass. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm going to rinse out a okay. little bit here. Let's do that. Hi, this is Dave from Starwood Whiskey, and you're listening to Whiskey Tequila Fridays. Palette's all cleansed. We're going to go the other way this time. We're going <laughs> to... I got a cramp in my hand holding the phone. <laughs> my thumb uh, jerked. Oh my god. Okay. All right. Let me try this again. Shit. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh. All right. Quick sip of water. Cleanse the palates. We're going to start this time with the Excelia Blanco. Give it a nose, give it a taste, let it finish, and then go straight into this Cedar Ridge. Single malt, single barrel. See what the tequila brings out in the whiskey. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Quick Sips. Ready? Ready. Salute. Salute. Okay, I got it figured out. All right. I think it is the tequila that is bringing out the doughy yeastiness in the single malt. I'll have to give it to you because on that, going from the tequila to the American single malt, I definitely got doughy, yeasty, bready, kind of uncooked. Yeah. So I think it was sipping on the Excelia and then moving back okay. on the quick sip and starting with the whiskey going, right? Yeah. That's what did it. Yeah. It's having the tequila... I really enjoyed that. It was way hotter than before. It definitely had a kick. It started off sort of tolerable. Yeah. And then... Just got worse. It got worse. And it just really punched you. Around mid-palate, I got this wave of heat that I was like, did I take that big of a sip? No, I didn't. It was a small sip, but it was plenty to still really punch me. But I'll give you... A note. Remember how I mentioned butterscotch once yeah. before? Yeah. This time I got this really nice 
caramel note. Okay. Like just a really simple, sweet, like those perfect little cubes. Yeah. The cube yeah, with yeah, the, the with the clear cellophane sure, wrapper. Sure. That's what I got. Like the really? the cheap caramel. <laughs> but it was good, right? I love those caramels, right? Was it Brock's? Is that Brock's that makes I those? think it was. Oh. It rem- it reminded me of yes. Yeah. Remember Halloween used to be so much fun as a kid. Now there's all this like gummies and sours and all this crap and you're like, what happened just to Good old, like, handful of caramels, you know? Like, <laughs> I sound like an old dude. Oh, man. I loved tequila to the whiskey. For I, me, that was hands down. I did, too. I did, too. And I'm almost worried that I took too big of a sip of the whiskey the first time. Yeah. You know, maybe it just kind of deadened some of the things in the Excelia that I would have liked to have had more of. I can would have liked to have more yeah. of the cognac flavors yeah. and the sauce. I can see that. You and I love Blancos, so yeah. we're not that beat up about having a, a no. rich a rich mineral agave note. Right, right. right. <laughs> but you're right. If you were on the fence about getting the Blanco versus the Reposado and the Añejo, rest assured that this one is just as interesting as the other ones Yes, in that barrel-influenced... Tequila genre, right? Right. In that area. So even though we're running a little long on time, just a little bit more in the glass and a lot more tequila. Thank you. (laughs) I'm going to do whiskey to tequila one more time. Okay. You want to do it with me? All right. Because I'm going to do like a super tiny sip like I think you did. Yeah. And then just a normal sip of the Excelia. So let's, let's try this again. Whiskey to tequila. See what happens on... Fucking mess, man. <laughs> See what happens on this version. Third round, quick sips. <laughs> All right, you ready? Cheers. Cheers. This is that one dude, Ryan, and you're listening to Whiskey Tequila Fridays podcast. Okay, what did you do? You didn't take a small sip of the whiskey, did you? No, I did. Oh, did you? I okay. did. Okay, yeah, but I took. Enough of a sip where I could get those strawberries. Okay. I got right. the strawberries, and then I took still a bigger sip of the tequila. And so, yeah, strawberries and agave. I was all about it. It was nice. It doesn't sound terrible. <laughs> well, how about you? Did you do it? I took a super small sip. Okay. And it was still a little bit more doughy. I got the strawberry that came out again. Then the Excelia, as I'm lifting the glass... To my face here, right? I'm starting to smell the minerality. And I've got, you know, as you're starting to sip, yeah. you've got your mouth open just ever so slightly. Right. And maybe you breathe out of your nose. And so you get a little bit. Is this sounding gross? I don't know. You get a little bit of that air back into your mouth. Sure. And it was like, oh, minerality is coming. Oh. Like I, I, could, I knew it was going to be mineral. And it right. was. Right. So I got that mineral. I'm not picking up the mint, and I would love to, but then at the end, I did get the cognac notes. Oh, okay. So I I definitely, it was too big of a sip of the single malt the first time around Okay, for me. But yeah, it, minerality. The, the heat probably just probably masked yeah. a yeah. lot of the other flavors. So minerality, 
to agave to cognac. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. These are great spirits and, you know, they're they're unique, but I, I think that if you happen to come across either one of them, and let's even just go out on the limb and say any Cedar Ridge quintessential and sure. any Excelia. Oh, yeah. yeah. Scoop it up. Why not? I love your... Scoop it up. Scoop, scoop it, up. it up. Yes. Because these are unique and they are delicious expressions of what these spirits can really do when they grab from other influences. Yeah. Well, and you've got someone in that bottle, and I've got a Repo Nanejo, so, I mean, like, we mm-hmm. could try it. Yeah. Just Twist my arm. Yeah, just not, well, the record button. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a winner? The first round, mm-hmm. I was going tequila to the whiskey, but then after we did the part two of the whiskey to the tequila, that was pretty nice because, again, strawberries and agave. Yeah. I'm a fan, you know? Yeah. So I don't know if I'm going to choose a winner either. <laughs> like, I don't know that you gave me a real strong answer yeah. there on what was a winner or not. You just tell me they I was, were both I was good. vague enough. <laughs> they were vague enough. I think if you're taking a small enough sip of the single barrel, single malt, <laughs> or like you said, any one of the Cedar Ridge yeah, quintessentials. Get, yeah, get the 92, right. Yeah. I would sip. These back and forth all night long. Yeah. No, I, I think it's great when you talk about pairing things, how things that contrast can be good and that things that are similar can be good, right? Sometimes you want to pair up a dry with a sweet. But for this, tonight, a dry and a dry, yeah. it really, really worked. Really worked well. Yeah. yeah. All right. Should we wrap it up? Yeah. All right. Let's wrap it up. So we want to thank you all for listening. Please like and follow and subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating. Leave us a review. We are on Facebook and Instagram at Whiskey Tequila Fridays. We want to thank Joby at Forsha Creek for our music. We ask that you drink responsibly. And if you like drinking whiskey and you like drinking tequila, then it's always a Friday. Happy Friday, Drew. Happy Friday, Matt. We appreciate y'all hanging, but now it's time to go. Well, come on back for more whiskey to keep a Friday show. That is a greasy cork. Yeah, she's wet. You look at me like I'm awkward.